This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to the uh, to Jackets Debrief. Here we are. Woo! Good times, good times. Um, I will tell you, it has been it's been an interesting week. Um, it's been quite a good week here. Um, as far as being a Jackets fan, had some excitement, which we're definitely going to talk about here. Uh, it was a good day. Uh, being a Crew fan last night, the the amazing uh, comeback. Pretty much attributable to one man, <laughs> Zellerion hitting two place kicks. It was something else. We're going to start as we traditionally do on Sundays with the beer of the week. This thing seems a little out of season. New Belgium accumulation. Uh, as you can tell, there's a nice pretty picture of snow covering what appears to be a nice uh, nice uh, streamlined trailer there. Skyline trailer, I believe is what they're called. Let's take a look at this bad boy. What does it say? It's a wheat ale. Yeah. White India Pale Ale. There we go. Sounds awesome. Let's give this bad boy a try. Some nice citrusy notes in the smell. Very nice. Very light color there, you can tell. Mm, That's good. That's very good. Got that hoppiness you feel on the middle of your tongue. Like, you know, you got a pale ale going on. But uh, yeah, very good beer. Very good. I will happily sip this as we do the show today, folks. Now, what is more exciting than the man who said he was going to help build your franchise brick by brick coming home? Maybe winning some money for yourself. And how do you do that? Well, it's playoff time. There's big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, hockey playoffs, DraftKings is going to have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at those daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for for an opportunity to win prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions from Wayne from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit withdraw money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head the DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. There you go. Play that. If you're living in Ohio, get your shot and sign up on the website. And Wednesday, you'll be playing for that million. There you go, guys. Just the whole world's wanting to give you money. (laughs) You just got to play with it. (laughs) All right. Big story in Jackets land this week. Uh, John Davidson is back. He is back as president of hockey operations, the exact role he left when he went to join the Rangers. 
Uh, I think one of my more one of the more touching moments in this was his daughter putting on Twitter that you know her dad was a man of his word and that he left when he left the Rangers. He said that he, that was the only team he would leave for. And again, I understand the guy played for him. He worked in their TV booth for years. He had a very strong connection to that organization. But he said when he left, he was he was only leaving because it was the Rangers and there was nowhere else he wanted to be but Columbus. And he proved that true. During his introductory press conference, uh, coming back as president of hockey operations, he said the phone started ringing pretty much right away. Um, which with his talents, I mean, could have been other front offices, could have been owners wanting him to work for him, could have been TNT and ESPN wanting him to do uh, wanting to do broadcast. The man's qualified to do all sorts of stuff. But he wanted to come back to Columbus, which is great, great news. I think it is a... I think it's a strong signal around the league. Um, and this question came up at the press conference about does the team need to kind of bring back respect to the Blue Jackets around the league? I don't know. I, I don't think when it comes to how other general managers and things think of the Blue Jackets, I don't think that's an issue. Now, maybe there is something about the presence of somebody like like John Davidson, and maybe it's it will say something to some players that, you know, John Davidson left to go to New York City, and that, and it wasn't just that. Oh, no one else would give him a chance. It's that when he came back, he wanted to go to Columbus. Some interesting things I find about how this all went down. Uh, apparently, team president Mike Priest had the conversation with Yarmo pretty much the day after Davidson was gone about whether you know about if if that would be an interesting thing to do, spitballing. Would it be great to get John back? My guess is that Priest was kind of trying to gauge Yarmo's interest. Because I, I this question, Porty brought it up in his little Sunday musings, and we're going to kind of discuss it here. This whole premise of... Because when, when John Davidson left, Yarmo Kekalainen became head of hockey operations for the Blue Jackets. He became their alternate governor, all of that stuff. So does Yarmo see this as a demotion? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there was reading through the quotes. Um, the, the quote that Kekalainen gave was when asked if this was, you know, like like if the contract extension was meant to soften the blow of the fact that he had less power. To me, it's a question I don't even understand being asked. I'm happy JD is great. I'm happy JD. I'm happy. JD is great with communication, representing the organization. He has a big presence, absolutely. He's a larger-than-life type guy. I love the guy. We have a great relationship, and I consider him a really good friend, even since our St. Louis years. He wants me as a GM because he knows how I do my job. That's why he hired me in the first place. That's why he wants to have me as a GM now that he's here again. I think it's something where, because it's these specific guys, there's not a problem. I, I think there's a reason that when John Davidson left, there was no rush to go hire a new president of hockey operations. Um Portsline says in the piece that there's a pretty strong indication from the club. I'm enjoying this accumulation. New Belgium accumulation. If you see it and you like some good beer, go for it. Right, right balance the taste and all that. So, so good. So, uh, the discussion was, would... You know, the Blue Jackets didn't seem to want to replace John Davidson. And I think that's because they liked who they had in Yarmo Kekalainen. And to hire a new direct boss for him 
I, I think if it had been anybody else, maybe Yarmo Kekalainen takes that a different way. Maybe then he says, eh, you know, what, what are you guys doing here? Why, why do we need this guy? But because it's someone he knows and respects and had the job there before, I think for Yarmo, the big part of this is it's another voice in the room. Um, it seems as if Yarmo is still going to have final say on what the club does in, in like contract negotiations and such. And JD is going to go back to his original role, which to my understanding of what president of hockey operations is always meant to do was it was meant to be that layer between ownership and the hockey side so that when ownership saw something happening on the hockey side that they didn't understand or maybe didn't like, they would talk to this president of hockey operations who was really just kind of a the go-between and the ambassador to both sides saying, hey, this is why ownership thinks this and believes this. I think, though, the thing is I think ownership got very comfortable with the Armo. So that particular part of the job probably isn't as big a deal as it as it first was when when JD took over the club. I think probably what you're looking at now is you're looking at somebody who has gravitas, someone else who can be in the room on trade negotiations or on contract negotiations, another voice for Yarmo to talk to, uh, somebody to take that alternate governor role where he can go and. Uh, he can be the one to prepare for the governor meeting so that Yarmo doesn't have to have that as something on his plate. Someone else who can go out and get information and potentially talk to people about, you know, if you're going to look, if you're looking at new scouts, if you're saying you're needing new scouts for different areas, you know, JD is someone else who can conduct those interviews and have conversations that need to happen. I'm not saying that's something where like JD is, is subordinate or anything. It's just, there's another role being helped. There's somebody else who can help in the grand scheme making of the team. There's a good voice in the room. So I, this is all good in my perspective. I, I see no downside to this decision that was made. I think it was quite smart. Uh, I think it was exactly the right thing to do. So I'm very happy about it. Uh, a question that was raised that that I think Portsline's raising it. And I think it's just him kind of shooting in the, you know, just kind of talking about stuff. It's the off season. We got to find something to talk about here. Is... He said, is, you know, so Yarmo's offer, Yarmo's been given a contract extension. So Yarmo's got four more years he's got a contract for. The Blue Jackets, as we've discussed, they're a team that will spend to the cap that they think they're winning, but they are also a team that is going to be aware of the expenses. So there's a strong expectation that Yarmo will probably work out this contract. There is very little expectation that they will fire someone mid-contract, especially with two years left on it, when you have to go hire somebody else to do the same job. Not that I'd say they are going to. I think this ownership has a tremendous amount of confidence in who's at the, who's running the club right now, especially with JD back. You got JD and Yarmo. You got the guys who said they were going to build the team brick by brick and and was was part of the largest run of success in franchise history. Again, I understand that going to four, the playoffs for four years, there's a lot of teams that are like, well, you didn't do anything, so that's not success. But when you're looking at what the standard was before in Columbus, under J.D. and Yarmo, it went from... Before J.D. and Yarmo, it was, if we make this playoffs, that would be the best thing in franchise history, too. Okay, making the playoffs is something that is now a... Okay, we're, we're going let's get there. I mean, we, we should get to the playoffs, but then we need to do something more. And that's... That's the transition that's happened. Now, 
the thing is, it's good that that they talk about it in terms of okay, we've we've made the playoffs a few times, but we haven't done anything there. Okay, so they've got they've got these longer term deals. Uh, Portsline kind of starts to to muse on does this four year contract mean that they might be more susceptible, more willing to do a rebuild if they have to. This is what I think on the matter. I don't think that Yarmo really wants to do something where he's rebuilding the team at this point. I don't think he th- that's. I don't think he's big on that idea because you've got a lot of core pieces that this team can win with, and you've got cap space. So to go to a rebuild from here, it doesn't feel like this team's hit a wall, so to speak, as much as it's not like they built something up and they just keep hitting a wall. Um, Like as much as, and the thing is that's tricky to do in hockey because for years, that's what was happening with the Washington Capitals. They built this great team and they just kept hitting wall after wall in the playoffs and, you know, they get to the second round, play the Penguins, and lose. They, you know, they just they just couldn't seem to put together a, a full Stanley Cup run. So it's tricky to do something where you're saying, hey, we've got a good core, but let's just tear it down because they didn't win a cup. That's tricky because there's players on this roster where you're like, I mean, you got Cam Atkinson, who's going to be signed for the, who's going to be part of the next four years of this team. Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's got five more years. He's now got the longest-running contract for any Blue Jacket. Um, you got Patrick Line, who you're going to be able to sign as an RFA. Texier is an RFA. Um, Roslovic got one more year on his current deal, and then he's going to have another RFA deal to hit. Um, you're going to have a Zach Wierenski, who's still going to hit an RFA deal. So, And again, this is with a team with a lot of cap room. And now what you're looking at, three first-round picks this coming year. So it they are positioned, depending on who they get, that this team can reload quickly. Now, if they have to call an audible, if Yarmo Kekaline, if for some reason Seth Jones, after what happens this summer, Seth Jones goes, you know what? I'm not staying. I would be upset because I don't I don't think this team needs to do a rebuild. It, it'd, be, it'd, it'd feel very similar to when Artemi Panarin left. And again, I don't have ill will towards the guy. The guy did what he wanted to do. And, and you know, he, he lives his life the way he gets it. He has only so many chances to make money in the NHL and live where he wants. So he, he did what he wanted to do. But where it was so frustrating as a Blue Jackets fan was this whole team had been built and looked like they were trending upward and they were going to be good. And they were going to be good for a while. And then one of the core pieces leaves. And it's just... Like you, you watch him now with the Rangers, and the Rangers are struggling to make the playoffs because they and they don't, and they haven't since he's been there. And it's like, okay, so now you're spending what's the best years of your career on a team that has no chance of making the playoffs. I mean, if Artemi Panarin is on that team last year with Pierre Luc Dubois that's in the bubble, how good is that team? I mean, that team maybe maybe they beat. Tampa or Toronto in let maybe they don't have to maybe they're not the ninth seed in that in that playing round. Um, I mean it's just there's there's layers to this, and maybe you know maybe they beat Toronto in four games instead of five, and then maybe they have a better chance against Tampa. I mean there's just so many levels of how much better this team would have been off if he would have stayed, and I feel like I'm going to get the same feeling with Seth Jones if he leaves. It's going to be like 
I mean, we had a chance there. And, and Seth Jones, looking around at the, the landscape of the NHL, he's not going to get more money somewhere else. I just don't think it's going to happen. So, I mean, if the team has to rebuild, it would be bad. But you have two ways to supercharge that rebuild. One is, if Seth Jones decides he's not staying, you make a trade there and you pick up something. And the other big one would be you, you gauge Zach Wierenski. And if Zach Wierenski is anything but, I want to be able, I want to sign an eight-year deal or at least six, then you trade him because that, that's the thing. I mean, at that point, you're talking about, okay, it's going to be two or three years before you're good again. Now you got three first-round picks this year, plus if you have to trade Seth Jones, whatever you'd get there. So there would be a path to this team doing not a Detroit-style rebuild where you tear it down to the studs and start over, but you trade one or two of those stars and you kind of start from there. Um, especially now that we've got players like, we've got Igor Chinnikov coming up and all that. I mean, we're going to have kind of a crazy, we're going to have kind of a crazy, crazy time seeing what's going to happen here. I mean, we, we've got some of these core pieces that I think can be really good for this team for a long time. So, so we'll see what happens from there. Uh, all right, going to hear a quick word from our friends of the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'll be right back with you. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. All right, folks. So coming back to it here, um, this story... So the head of of the Blues, Doug Armstrong, said he wanted to have a conversation in the offseason about how they're doing Department of Player Safety stuff. And he said he didn't want to talk too much about it now because he's sure it would feel like whining and gamesmanship since his team's currently in the playoffs. But it brings to mind a couple of issues here. And and I think the Department of Player Safety needs a bit of an overhaul. Um, in how in in philosophy of how they do things, um, something I really have enjoyed doing, and I, I'm not going to get into actual specifics on political thoughts or anything. It's just as an example. Uh, there's a podcast I've really enjoyed listening to um, called Advisory Opinions. Um, if you want to check it out, it's a good podcast. They mostly talk about court decisions, and it's done by two people who are lawyers. Um, giving you the heads up, they do have a conservative bent. Um, so, but I, I, the way they, they do their show, I think even if you aren't conservative, you will appreciate their show because they talk about things from a perspective of legal arguments and the processes people go through, you know, the processes that happen in these cases and, and all that. And it's very interesting stuff. And it, it's, it, it makes me think of how sometimes when you need to change on things, it's not just, well, we did that. Now we're doing this. Sometimes it's a decision, a different decision than how you think about a problem. And in my mind, where we need to make a change in the Department of Player Safety is this. 
if because right now there seems to be this whole idea of okay, well, what exactly did the player do in the in the moment? And did that, you know, was that an illegal hit to the head? Was that this? Was that that? That sort of thing. What I would do, I would look I would look very seriously at re-examining and saying, okay, should we be jo- judging as department of player safety? If a player does something illegal, regardless of whether it's called on the ice or anything like that, if they do something illegal and as a result there is an injury, we need to jump in then and start handing out punishments. Now, I understand some people are going to say, oh, but that's not fair because other guys do things illegal all the time and there's no injuries. Well, let's be fair, guys. That is how our legal system works. Um if you are using a, you know, using a pretty rough example, you do something like drunk driving and you get into an accident, but nobody's hurt. Then you face very different consequences than if you're driving drunk and you hit a car and you break someone's neck or hurt them severely, or maybe even kill them. Who knows? But the results of your action make what you did worse. That's just what it is. Um, I, I mean, I, I, if you get in a bar fight and you punch a guy in the face and you split his lip, and he's angry at you, and he leaves having to hold ice on it, and let's say he goes to the police, that is a very different result than if you get in a bar fight, you punch somebody, they fall backwards and hit their head on a on a step, or you know, hit their head on a concrete floor, and they have a concussion, or they die or something. The results are very different, and your punishment, what you, the legal ramifications of what you were about to face because of what happened, are now very, very different. Now, what should, would this do as if the Department of Player Safety does that? In my mind, if you start saying, hey, if you do something illegal and somebody's hurt, there's going to be a big punishment. You know what you'd start seeing? Less illegal stuff. Because one thing I hate, I'm hating how much we see of the cross-checking. I hate the cross-checking. And I'm a Blue Jackets fan. I will be the first to admit my team cross-checks a lot. They do a lot of cross-checking. They do a lot of that, oh, they're just battling for position. Look at them battling and battling is one guy standing in front of the net and the other guy right behind him just jamming his stick into his lower spine. And it just, it's just like, you're just hurting people. You're just going to hurt a guy. And it's, it's, it's no good. And, and the thing about this that is, that is kind of perplexing to me is the NHL knows that as an entertainment product, they're better if there's more scoring in their game. And most of this illegal stuff that happens is done on the defensive end of the ice. So if you call a tighter game, you're going to get more offense. And what you're going to have is you're going to have a span of about three or four months where you've just got power plays out crazy all over the place because you're calling a bunch of cross checks. Or once a guy gets suspended for what just used to be was, oh, that was just a normal cross check. But guess what? A guy tore a muscle and now he's out for three months. You're getting five games. Guys are going to do it less. And that's again, then guess what's going to happen? There's going to be more goals. It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. Who doesn't want to see more goals? You know what I don't want to see? I don't want to watch my team play the game. The The cross-check I remember worse was a couple of years back. I'm pretty sure it was Oliver Bjorkstrand got cross-checked in the back and was out like a month and a half. I don't want to see games where Connor McDavid's making an amazing move down the ice. Somebody just slashes the crap out of his hand, and because it's the playoffs, the refs just go, oh, well, you know, it's the playoffs. We don't call penalties now. I hate that crap. I hate that crap. I I want to see the play. I, I want to see stuff called. I understand that 
there's people out there saying, well, if you called everything that happened, you'd have nothing but power plays. But there needs to be just a a consistent buildup of how you call stuff between the regular season and the postseason. And and I think there needs to be a rethinking of how we do the player safety, how we do calls, all that kind of stuff. Final story tonight. Um, ESPN and TNT, their, their TV networks are kind of shaping up um, for what they're going to be doing here. Uh, ESPN is grabbing a uh, Ray Ferraro out of, out of Canada and they're getting Brian Boucher from, uh, uh, from NBC sports to join their coverage. Um, he's going to be one of their, he, he may be their top analyst. Uh, and Brian Boucher looks like he's going to be coming in as an analyst on this. Uh, apparently the discussions right now when ring Wayne Gretzky is Wayne Gretzky is trying to decide if he wants to join TNT. What I wonder, what they may be pitching to Wayne is, look at what we're doing with Shaq and uh, Barkley on on Inside the NBA. We kind of want you for that. And that, that would be cool because we do not have those all-time NHL greats uh, sitting on those panels, watch on TV. And that's what I'd love to see. So I'd be happy to see that. Uh, I know Eddie Olchuk is going to TNT, um, but getting Ray Ferraro is awesome. And also, uh, Leah Hextall is going to be on the ESPN NHL team. Uh, So she's going to be the first woman with a regular national play-by-play role in the NHL. I've heard her do some games. She's really good. I'm excited for it. Anything that just kind of gets this mindset out that uh, women shouldn't be doing this crap. We can get rid of that, guys. Come on. It's 2021. I mean, there's nothing specifically that a man does better about saying, oh, he hit the puck into the boards and all that. I mean, there's uh, – she did the – what was it? She did that ridiculous overtime college game this year, and she was great. She kept up high energy. It was something like a five-overtime game or something stupid. It was ridiculously long, but she did a great job with it. So I'm looking forward to Leah Hextall next year on ESPN. I don't know if she'll be their top person yet. They haven't said. Um, maybe she will be. Maybe she won't. I don't know. Now, Frank Saravelli out of TSN has has left uh, TSN. And this has this is a guy he was in TSN for six years, six years before that. He was the beat writer for the Philadelphia Daily News, where I think he cultivated a lot of league sources. He's one of their insiders. We know that ESPN has been saying, we want an insider. They want somebody to join the Wojnowski's and the Adam Schefters. They want one of those for hockey to sell the sport. Right now, there's speculation that he might be going to ESPN, maybe TNT. I'm going to be honest, TNT does not seem all that worried about breaking news a lot. So my guess, if I had to guess one now, is he's a he's a he's going to be at ESPN. So we'll see where it goes. It's cool to see these teams getting built up, uh, and already knowing there's kind of a different view of maybe how they're going to do it. Um, seeing an American sports network that has a true NHL insider, because I mean, honestly, NBC doesn't have one. Um, I mean, there's a reason that they pay to import 
you know, they it pay, paid to import Bob McKenzie once a week or twice, you know, twice a month on ESPN because they didn't feel like putting the time in to have their own newsbreaker. I like that ESPN is willing to do that. Uh, the TNT's not. I mean, it's not different from how they cover the other sport. But if they give us a cool all-star panel where it's Wayne Gretzky and, you know, other guys who have played the game having a cool conversation where they're, they're like, actually being collegial and having fun the same way the inside the NBA one does, that's something different. You're giving me goods. I mean, that that's the thing that's been annoying about NBC for so long. They gave me a very straight-down-the-line, white-bread version of a hockey coverage where it's, well, this is the game, and then we're going to have these guys standing behind a desk, and they're going to talk about the game. But you didn't have an insider, and, and almost none of your guys who actually talked about the game did very insightful stuff. I mean, the, the thing is, if you want to hear people talk about hockey and get insightful stuff anymore, it's all online stuff. It's all guys doing online video breakdowns, and it's all guys, you know, doing little charts online. You got like the Jack Hand Hockey newsletter and, and different stuff like that. Those are the real breakdowns. Um, the, the thing I'm hoping comes out of the ESPN deal is that we get like a Dan Orlovsky of hockey. If you're not, if you don't know who that is, uh, Google him, do, do Google Dan Orlovsky. He does uh, stuff for ESPN covering football, and he does a great job breaking down plays. And there's just no one who does that on TV in America. Um, so I'd like to see it. Um, I, I mean, honestly, at this point, yeah, it'd be great to see. So anyway, folks, it's been a great show. Uh, been a great, great day. I don't know if it's been a great show. That's up to you if you want from what you think. Um, so we'll... We'll hear from well, you'll hear from us soon. Thank you very much for watching and listening and go jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hackett's Tea Brief. And thank you for listening. <laughs>